dead deer boys. Welcome to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers, and we've got a fun one lined up for you today. If you guys listened to our last episode, we had just ended talking about how we would get into Hunter Cyrus's Big Buck story and the success that he had. Well, today Hunter joins us on the 573 Podcast to talk about that story. He gives us the background about the buck, he sets the stage, and tells us the story of the hunt and how it went down. Really fun conversation with Hunter, and Hunter has been a supporter of the 573 since we kind of first started, so it was really cool getting to hear his big buck story and putting it out there for the public. And, you know, if you guys have a big buck killed that you guys want to share, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on and and talk about those things. So, anyways, why don't we go ahead and get into this story, because I think you'll enjoy it. Appreciate you guys listening. with Hunter Cyrus, a local 573 guy who has had some recent fortune in the Whitetail Woods, and he's here to tell that story. Hunter, thanks for coming on. Yeah, not a problem. You had uh, some pretty good luck here in the last couple weeks. Why don't you, instead of telling us about the hunt, tell us a little bit about the background leading up to this hunt. This buck that you got, did he? is he a buck that you knew about? Uh, is this a, a buck that uh, came by random chance, happened to be in the right place at the right time? So the deer, I know I had for sure pictures of them all last year, and I might have had pictures of them two summers ago. I only had like two pictures of them, and it was just a little deer with split G2s. But last year, I had him on camera all last year. He showed up, I want to say, September 27th on a scrape, and... He was a 13-pointer, and I had no other deer, really, that I was hunting at that time. I was just going after a doe, and uh, so I started getting pictures of him, and I started hunting him pretty hard, and um, I had a daylight picture of him, I want to say. The first daylight picture I had of him was my birthday, November 28th, and I happened to not be in the woods that night because I was doing birthday things, you know, and then... um, I had went to South Dakota to go pheasant hunting with my girlfriend's family for a week. It was, we left December 26th and got back New Year's Eve. And so I checked my cameras that night and, uh, he had been daylight for three days in a row, the three nights leading up to me getting back. And so I grabbed the muzzleloader. It was muzzleloader season and, um, I heard a shot about, 100 yards on the neighbor's side of the fence right where he had been coming from i knew he betted on the neighbors and so he had been coming in over there heard that shot that night and never got another picture of him again so i kind of assumed that he was dead but i also was in the back of my mind i was really hoping you know he was just moving to you know his summer range i guess you could say and uh never found his sheds so fast forward to this year, I had been looking for a deer to hunt all summer, and there was a couple little ones, but I just, not little, they were decent ones, but I really couldn't get permission 
hunt the bigger deer that I was finding. So last last muzzleloader season, you had gotten a picture of him, and you just assumed he may have got shot, kind of hoping he hadn't got shot. And then Correct. throughout spring, summertime, you know, no sheds, no pictures, nothing, thought this deer was gone? Yeah, and the landowner that I had permission to hunt on that the deer was coming in on this property, I had talked to him to see if maybe he had heard if the deer had been shot or anything. And he said, well, the neighbors killed a 12-pointer, which during muzzleloader season, he had had one point broke off. And I was I was really scared that he did end up getting killed. Oh, man. But they said he shot him during rifle season. So, you know, I knew that they didn't kill him, but maybe someone else did. I wasn't for sure. Um, so did then, you have him written off uh, for for this upcoming season? Were you chasing after different deer? I did and I didn't. Um, I didn't have any other deer to really go after at the start of this season. Um, there was one eight-pointer, and I would say it was like 130, 135-inch eight-pointer. And I kind of was thinking about trying to go after him. I kept getting pictures of him in the mornings while I was at work. My phone would send me pictures of him. And it was kind of eating me alive just because it was the only deer that I really had to go after. And I didn't want to push it yet. And so I just kind of was putting it off. And uh, so I've hunted. That was my second sit where I was actually having the bow with me whenever I ended up killing that deer. I had took my girlfriend a couple times and that sort of thing, but I had never had a trail camera picture of him yet this year or anything along those lines. No no sign of him alive anyway this year. Wow, okay. So going into the fall, you had 135-inch, 8-point buck. So what was your game plan going into the season? I really – this farm that I hunt, I really don't ever get any deer on camera till late September, early October, you know, they, they don't summer on this farm at all. And, uh, that 130, 135 inch eight pointer, he was on a different farm. It's about an hour from my house. So I really wasn't wanting to go after him too hard just cause it's a little bit of a drive. And I, I don't get back home from work till five, six o'clock most nights. And so I really wasn't planning on going after him right away. I kind of wanted to wait and see. And, uh, so then, fast forward to that night that I ended up shooting the deer. I was going in there after a couple of does. I just wanted some does was my main goal because the farmer, he wants me to take a couple of does off. He's got a 90-acre cornfield, and the deer, they just, you know, they take a lot of the corn out every year. So he was wanting me to kill as many does as I could this year. So that was mainly my main goal the night that I went in and ended up killing that deer. I was going in for a couple of those. Nice, nice. So did you have trail cameras in that area? Where I had I had two cameras on the farm, and I had checked them. The, night, the opening day, I checked them and didn't have anything worth going after. Um, one was on the scrape that I was hunting over, and then one was back on the ridges a little ways from the corn, and I didn't have any any good bucks on camera i'd say the biggest deer i had on camera at that particular farm was like a six pointer that i don't even want to put a score on it probably 80 inches <laughs> nothing nothing at all to go after so okay now you you're gonna set the stage for us here T- 
tell us a little bit okay. about the location that you were hunting and how it's set up. So it's how it's set up pretty much is the Gasconade River. I think there's like a mile and a half of riverfront property that butts right up against the Gasconade River, and that's the property that I'm hunting. Uh, my grandparents' cabin is right across the river, so most of the time I take a boat up and then I walk through the little patch of woods right up to the fields because I would say there's probably a hundred yards of woods in between the river and the corn. And so normally that'd be the route I was taking. And last year I started to notice that I was just busting too many deer doing that because they would just bed in between the river, which makes perfect sense. I mean, they got water on one side and corn on the other. Why wouldn't they bed there, you know? And so this year I decided I'm just going to drive around to hunt, which kind of sucks because if I were to go to my grandparents' cabin, it's a 20-minute drive. If I drive around, it's an hour. But so there's a river. There's about 100 yards of woods on the edge of the river, and then it goes to the corn. And there's like a 90-acre cornfield, and then there's like a 10-acre just cow pasture right next to it. And so I was hunting the cow pasture, and I was set up probably 80 yards from the edge of the corn. And then on the other side of the corn, it's just two big ridges that funnel down right in between where the cow pasture and the corn meets and there's a little strip of woods that splits in between the corn and the cow pasture it's probably like 20 yards across okay i'm following so and then off to the left of the cow pasture uh the neighbors they are actually having their property logged right now and it's always been stupid thick down in on their property side so a lot of the deer bed right on the edge of their property and in that strip of woods in between the corn and the river and the deer that i killed ended up coming from where they were logging over on the neighbors yeah i've always heard of really good deer bedding it comes from a, a year or two after logging but you said they were currently logging yes i and i was actually i was kind of discouraged about it because they were logging Whenever I got into my stand, I could hear all their equipment running down there. And they quit probably 30 minutes after I got into the stand. So I, I was a little bit discouraged that, you know, no deer are going to come from that direction. So, and that's where he was bedded all last year. That's where really all the big bucks bedded. All the does would more bed right in between the river and the corn. Nice, nice. So you said there was a scrape where you set up. Is that a mock scrape, yeah. or was that an active natural scrape? That was an active natural scrape. There's, I think there's five scrapes on the edge of that 10-acre field headed right towards the corn. Wow. And I was hunting the last one closest to the corn because that, that was, it's the only one that I really, I can get a good wind to hunt everything. And so... Um, I was hunting over that, and that's the deer. That's the same scrape that I had pictures of him show up last year, September 27th. And he basically, he didn't really use any of the other scrapes along that whole field last year. Because every now and again, I'd rotate my camera um, to those different scrapes, and he wouldn't touch any of the other scrapes last year, which I was kind of confused about. He would only touch that one on the very end. 
And I kind of see now, I never really even had pictures of them walking down the edge, you know, just passing by the scrapes. So you think he's so, coming from a different direction? I, I kind of did, but at the same time, at the very end of that field, I had a camera on the other side, on the other corner, and um, I had pictures of him there every now and again. It, but that I only got pictures of him there in the morning at like five o'clock whenever he was headed back to his bed, I assume. So I I knew that he was betting over there last year and it never really made sense to me why he wasn't hitting any of them scrapes or why I wasn't getting any pictures of him, um, you know, walking by those scrapes and then he'd show up at the scrape at nine o'clock at night, you know, and just not have any other pictures of him on any of the other ones. But it kind of makes sense once I tell the story about how I killed him. So. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we establish what what day was, did this hunt take place? September twenty fifth. All right. So this is pretty recent. Now mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you take the reins, and you can tell us kind of start to finish how it all went down. It was a Saturday, and. I left work early the day before, wasn't feeling good at all. I thought I had COVID. I was having all the COVID symptoms and everything. And so I left work early, went home. My boss told me, you better not go hunting this weekend. I was like, oh, I won't. And (laughs) so the next morning I woke up and I was feeling a lot better. I pretty much felt 100%. So I decided I was going to go hunting. And... So I went down there, and I was just planning on shooting a couple of does, and uh, I get in the stand, and I didn't see any deer till 6.30, and it was just a couple does moving through out of range, and then right about last light, just deer everywhere, you know, coming from all different directions. I couldn't really tell what exactly they were because they were just so far and stuff like that. And I didn't have my binos with me, but I ended up having a group of six does come work down towards me. And they got to about 50 yards, and there was, I think, 10 minutes of shooting light left. And two does looped around behind me and got downwind, and they started blowing. And so at that point, I was kind of like, well, this hunt's over, you know. I don't know what else I can do. There's 10 minutes left of light. And so I packed all my stuff and I get down to the base of the tree with like five minutes left. And I look out into the field and I could just see him walking basically right through the middle of the cow pasture. And he was starting to kind of angle towards the scrape that I was at. So I just hunkered down right at the base of the tree. I had no cover on me whatsoever. I was just basically against the base of the tree. And so, um, he was at 80 yards, I think, whenever I first seen him, and he he was coming in quick, and he got to about 60 or 50 yards, I want to say, and then I was like, that's that deer from last year, and it finally dawned on me then that it was him, and so he got to about 40 yards, and he started acting a little bit nervous, and he turned away for a second, so I drew back, and this was my first first deer hunt with a back tension so I was trying that out and I was kind of nervous at first and so I drew back and 
he looks at me again and starts getting really nervous. And so I slowly pulled through, and he heard it go off, and of course he ducked. And I ended up hitting him in the spine, and he dropped right there, and I just grabbed another arrow and tried to get as close as I could to him again to put another one in him, and I did. And then I really started freaking out. I didn't realize how big it was. Of course, you never do until you get up to him. Yeah, and he had, he had really blown up from last year to this year. Uh, he was a mainframe mainframe ten last year um, with split G twos, or one of them was a split G two, and the other one looked like a turkey foot on his right side G two. And then th- this year, uh, when I got up to him, I could see on both sides of his G twos he had um, three coming off on both sides. He had a split G4, um, kickers coming off the base, and I, I didn't realize that he was that big whenever I shot him, but he was a freak. He was 16 points this year, and he gross scored 169 and 5 eights. Wow, man. Congratulations. That's a hell of a deer. Yeah, thank you. Is that your biggest deer with a bow? It is. It's actually uh, a pretty big upgrade. My biggest deer with a bow before that was two years ago, and it, I think it was only like 115-ish. I didn't ever score it, but I would say it was like right at 115. <laughs> so it was a pretty big upgrade. Yeah, no, I'd say so. That's, that's awesome, man. So you had mentioned before the uh, story of your hunt, that you had come to a conclusion about why that buck was using that back scrape. What was the reason? So my guess is he was betting about 40 yards, 50 yards back on the other side of the fence. And where that hole in the fence is, it's just the fence is basically just cut right there. Um, And so he was coming out of that. There's always been a pretty good trail that comes out of that. And, it comes to the back of that cow pasture and there's a scrape right where that trail meets the cow pasture. And so my guess is he hits that scrape back there and then he just works the middle of the field, which I'm not really completely sure why I haven't ever really seen a buck work the middle of the field in the early season and stuff like that before. But that's exactly what he did the night that I killed him. He worked, right down the middle of the field from that back scrape um, where that hole in the fence is. And then he kind of just does like a 90-degree turn right where, right towards the scrape that I'm at, which it's always used to be real tall Johnson grass out in that field. And this year he turned it into a cattle pasture. And the Johnson grass was kind of planted like that. He just had a long strip in the middle that was about, 20 yards across and then it basically the johnson grass was planted like a tee for the last three years and so i guess he was just kind of sticking to that same same thing and then he would work down to the scrape and hit it there so so he came straight from the neighbors through that hole in the fence and then just kind of worked through the middle of the field to hit that scrape correct yeah had you seen any other deer really do that same thing? No. The does and stuff that I'd seen, they had all worked the edge. Um, I hadn't seen a deer do that since the Johnson grass was planted. 
you know, they used to do that all the time, just walk the edge of that tall Johnson grass. But no deer this year that I had seen have done that. Were there cows in the pasture at this time? No, there was not. He had them back on, back on the ridges and stuff, and he was actually getting ready to turn them into that pasture, I think. I think he turned them in like three days after I hunted, and he had turned them in there. So, I got gotcha. you. Do you think he was uh, that buck was eating on some of that green pasture, or do you think he just was he- had a beeline headed to the corn? Whenever I seen him that night, he wasn't. He was headed right to the scrape, and then the corn is my guess. There's is a lot of clover in that field, um, but I didn't really see him eating on the field at all coming into me wow yeah that's pretty neat man that's a heck of a deer heck of a story happy for you uh i don't know how it feels to to be (laughs) done so early in the season what are you gonna do with yourself well uh luckily i'm going to indiana next week um and me and a buddy are gonna go up there and try some public land out there um but it does kind of suck. I was looking forward to hunting the rut like I always do. But, yeah, I mean, it is pretty awesome to be tagged out early. Now I got some other time to do some other things that I need to get done but always put off. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know how that is. It's that time of the year. Procrastination. Yeah. Hunting is a priority. Oh, yeah. Is the top exactly. So that's, that specific area, you don't have to, like, you know, get that location or anything. Um, mm-hmm. are there deer like that year in and year out, or is that a pretty uncommon thing for, for a buck of that caliber to be around? Um, so actually my ex stepmother, um, she's getting married this weekend to a guy that lives on the other side of the river back behind my grandparents cabin. And I took the deer over there to show him and he has one deer that he had got mounted. I think he said he killed it four years ago. It had a lot of the same characteristics. It, I think it scored 150, but it had the split G2s. It also had a split G4. Um, it just it didn't have the three coming off the G2s. But he's killed several deer off of his property over there that's got kind of the same characteristics. But I don't really see... You know, a deer, a hundred seventy-inch deer killed out there very often. Yeah, that's uh, and that was few and far between. Seems like yeah, that was the the landowner said that was the biggest deer that he had ever seen come off of his property too, and he's owned the property for thirty-three years now. Wow! So that's a big deal, man. That's awesome. How far did you say the shot was? Roughly forty yards. 40-yard poke at last light, man. That's that's some good shooting. I know he yeah. I know he ducked you, but that happens with and their instincts. They're quick. You know, they can duck those oh, arrows. Yeah. But man, I'm happy for you. Uh thanks for coming on and I appreciate you telling us the story of your big buck. Good luck for you. Uh you know, in the rest of your season and the rest of your hunting endeavors this year. Um, maybe, yeah, too. maybe we'll get you, I appreciate it. Uh, maybe we'll get you back on, uh, for a, for a late season, uh, kill or something cool like that. Hopefully so. I think I got another deer found right now, so. There you go. We're gonna, we're gonna hope it works out.
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I wish I could say the same, but uh, right now my cameras are dry, so I'm just kind of sitting here twiddling my thumbs playing the guessing game. Yeah, they'll come around. They always do. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to having a 160 inch buck showing up randomly. I'll take it any day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was surprised. I wasn't expecting that. Like I, I was just going after a doe, and you know, sometimes it works out the way you want it. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thanks again for coming on, and and folks, we'll see you on the next one.